everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 reads, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He's lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. And Peter went down to the men and said, I am the one you're looking for. What is the reason for your coming? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man, who is well spoken by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear what you have to say. So he invited them to be his guests. The next day he rose and went away with him, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the following day they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. 
To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. And Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked them to remain for some days. For today's negative truth, we're going to talk about the significance of this chapter and the overall story of God. For many of us who are listening to this, this is our greatest point of inclusion in the story of God. And so if we're to look through the Old Testament, we see that God was dealing principally with the nation of Israel. Certainly there were people who were called God-fearers or those who were from other cultures who chose to identify with the nation of Israel and chose to serve and honor their God. But for the most part, what God had been doing was solely focused on the nation of Israel. Even when we look at Jesus's ministry, we see that he was sent first to the children of Israel and then to the others. And so we saw that there were interactions that he had with people from other areas and other cultures, and he talked with them about how he had been sent to the children of Jacob, the children of Israel. But here we see the formal grafting in of the people of the other cultures to what has been made the people of God. And we see that as Peter's vision takes place. Peter understands that this threefold nature of the vision that he has signifies that it's a message from God concerning what's taking place. And so the people of Israel would not associate with these other cultures because it would make them unclean. When we think about the significance of that, it was somewhat ritual, but the greater significance is what we see when we look back in the Old Testament. When the people chose to be around the other cultures, eventually what happened is those cultures drew them away and drew them into worshiping their other gods. And so they drew them into these pagan practices of worshiping these other gods. And so God was concerned with the purity of his people and challenged them to not be associating with those other people, not with those other cultures who were worshiping other gods. He also asked specific rituals of them in terms of the food that they ate that would keep them clean, that would keep them protected from dangers and other things. And so all of these laws that we look back on is what it meant to be God's people. But that was really just focused on the people that came from the same line of the families. And so at this point, when he shows that there is no longer to be a distinction between what is common and what is clean, now signifies that the people of God has been opened up to all who will believe. We can look back in the time of Jesus and talk about how when they had built this fig tree and the fig chose not to grow and it was not able to bear the fruit that it had, it would be replaced with one that would. And so we see that God begins to graft in these new people to his true people the true Israel that is choosing to follow and obey God's commandments. And so that allows us who have not been born of the line of the nation of Israel to be a part of God's people through the same thing that Jesus was in terms of him now considering us brothers and him now considering us a part of the family of God because of his finished work upon the cross. And so this is a very significant chapter when we talk about God's inclusion of all people. It reminds us that our worth is is not because of a specific ethnicity or anything, but that we have worth because we are of the people of God, the people that he has created in his image and are allowed to have access to him through the finished work of Christ upon the cross. As far as the question for today, the big question is, hey, why Cornelius? 
There certainly were other God-fearers. There certainly were other people who were devout in their religion that were focusing on trying to understand what had taken place in Jerusalem and were following Jesus and doing the different things that were there. But we see that Cornelius is uniquely equipped for what God is doing in the expansion of his church here in the book of Acts. Because Cornelius is a very wealthy person. He had a large group of people there in his home who were Gentiles who were awaiting the inclusion of the people of God. And so it could have been that he would have chosen to use a single individual for Peter to go and speak to that individual by themselves. But by having Cornelius, who is situated to have this large group of Gentiles in his home, he's able to rapidly expand this with an important account on the witnesses that are present. Witnesses from those people that came from Joppa, as well as witnesses of these new Gentile people who are included, who are now going to be able to expand this gospel and expand the good news of Jesus Christ to all of the cultures that are around them, further fulfilling what took place in the promise of Acts chapter 1-8. So maybe that was your question. If you're wanting to look in more on these things about what is clean and unclean, I would be able to talk with you about places that you can see some of those things if you're really interested in that. Or if you have another question, I would encourage you to find the answer to that question with the people you're studying God's Word with or the tools that you have at your disposal to understand and study God's Word. And as we do that, what we're doing is commonly growing in our understanding of what God is doing in our midst so that we understand greatly how He wants to use us as part of His continuing work of spreading the gospel to those around us. Know today you were loved. You